as we go before the Lord, we'll make this declaration of our faith. Uh, I've been teaching at the school now, Seacock Christian Academy, since September, teaching Bible class. Quite privileged to have an opportunity to teach that. And uh, every time we start our Bible class, we always make this confession and this declaration. It's important to remember, remember that in these days that the Bible still is the absolute truth. It still is the answer to our questions and the answer to the world's issues. So make this declaration with me today. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth. And I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me. And I receive it. It's the answer to my questions and the answer to the world's issues. Lord, today, my ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word, no matter what comes my way. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we approach your word today, I thank you that you would just take the words off of the pages and inscribe them on our hearts, that we would grow and that we would have a more intimate and more lasting, a more full relationship with you than ever before. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I brought a little note with me today. When I was serving as youth pastor a few years ago in D2L, Uh, I received this note. I don't know if this note came from a staff member or a child, but this note stays in my office, and it really has changed my life. I didn't bring my paper copy, but I got it here on the screens, if you want to bring up. It says, thanks for your obedience. It helps me with mine. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) So that remains in my office just as it was written, as a reminder to me. You know, we never know who's watching. We never know who is watching us. And not that we ought to live like somebody's looking over our shoulder, uh, but it is a powerful thought to think about people watching us at all times, even when we don't know. Now, today, I don't want to talk to you so much about obedience as I do faithfulness. I want to talk today about faithfulness, because if it's one thing that is lacking in our society, if it's one thing that's lacking in our culture, is the ability to stick to what we have committed ourselves to. And boy, if it's one thing that needs to be modeled to this generation, it's faithfulness, that if I give my word, I stand by it. Our young people are always watching us. People are always watching us. They're wondering, are they going to actually follow through? Are they actually going to? And they will watch you. I found out when school started last week, we recently moved. For those of you who know, we moved. We bought our first home. We praise the Lord for that. He has just blessed us. We're so excited. So for those of you who know that feeling, and, and there's, this, there's this parent who comes to the school. And this is just to prove that people are always watching, even when you don't realize. There's a parent who comes to the school, and uh, I, didn't, I don't talk to her about my personal life, but I came back from break, and she said, did you recently move? And I said, yeah. She's like, oh, we noticed you weren't home anymore. I'm like, this is weird. What do you mean I'm not home? We've been on break all week. Oh, no, we, you know, we don't see your van in the driveway anymore. I said, well, you know where I lived? She said, oh, yeah, we used to watch you all the time. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. And then one day we saw that in, in really, really quick, there was like within three hours, there was a moving truck and then it, you were gone. No one was there anymore. I said, yeah, we just, we just burned our first home, but I'm, I'm not going to tell you where it is. Uh, you don't need to know. 
But I just thought, man, people are always watching. They're always watching. And uh, that's a good reminder to not go out in our bathroom anymore, honey. I guess not. So those days are over. Well, I guess naked we came into the world and naked we'll return, right? Well, well, it's all the same. Can you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, and, and I'm interactive, so when you get there, just shout at me and say, I got, I got it. Proverbs is approximately in the middle of your Bible, before Ecclesiastes, just after Psalms. This, this scripture, we could just park on for a year. The scripture is just continuing to speak to me. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim each his own goodness. Man, you ever just... Meet people, they tell you how good they are, what they can do for you. Oh, I'm so good, you should let me do this. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Isn't it interesting that even in Solomon's time, they were still dealing with the same issue of faithfulness, that you were hard-pressed to find somebody who could stand by their word. Stand by their commitment and be faithful. You know, faithfulness is one of those virtues that has gone by the wayside, that has been lost. There used to be a time, and I'm not saying that there's a golden age. You know, really, we, we get nostalgic. We start looking back and we get nostalgic. Guess what? From the birth of sin, it's never been good. So even if we go back 50 years, you know, we may think it's great. Even if we go back 60, 70, 100, we may think it's great. But go back over two, 3,000, and you still have Solomon writing here. Who can find a faithful man? There is no golden age. From the dawn of sin, we've been in trouble. But the answer, as we know, is Jesus. You know, over this past year, the one thing the Lord has just been pressing on my heart is just be faithful. But God, I I see this, just be faithful. But Lord, I know this needs to happen, just be faithful. Oh, Lord, I'm tired, I I can't do this, just be faithful. But Lord, I'm worn out and I don't see any change happening, just be faithful. It's like it was ringing in my spirit and ringing in my head all year long. Why? Because there is coming a time We will see the change that we have expected. We will see what needs to happen. Those visions and those dreams that God has deposited, he's expecting us to hold on to. And we will see them come to fruition through faith and patience. We inherit the promise. And so we can't let go. God gives us that vision. He gives us that picture. And you know, he gives us that vision. He gives us that picture. And all of a sudden we start getting frustrated because we thought it meant today. But what God had to do, as Lorenda taught so well on Wednesday, what God had to do was he had to start early with us. He's going to start real early putting a dream and a vision inside of us. And sometimes it takes 20 years to work it out. Let me tell you something. 22 years ago, I was sitting right there. I don't think we've moved our seats in 22 years, mom. Oh, sorry. That's not you. That's dad. My mom will be everywhere, but right there, 22 years ago. And I would watch 
Mr. Tony Johnson on the stage, and I would watch Pastor Ray. Nobody, I've never seen anybody play like Pastor Ray. I feel like people could come far and wide to watch that man. He's awesome. And this is what I remember when I first came to the church. I'm like, that, that's, that, I've never forgotten that, you know? And, and what I saw early on, I just had, I didn't know. I thought I was, I thought I was, this is, this is going to be interesting now. I thought, I thought I was getting jealous. I thought I was like, oh, I, I was, there was this longing. I didn't know what it was. God was birthing vision in me. God was birthing vision that I was one day going to be up here leaning worse 22 years later. I didn't do anything to get here. In fact, I did everything opposite. I worked so hard not to get here. I worked so hard not to get here, which doesn't go with my message today on faithfulness, but it's not true. <laughs> Because there came a point in time when God got a hold of me again, and I was being faithful, okay? But God births vision early on, and then we get frustrated. God doesn't desire to frustrate us, but we have to begin to let go and allow God to fulfill in his time what he wants to fulfill. And we always have to remember that the gift and the call of God is not for our benefit. And a lot of time what God is working out of us is really the us, as Pastor John has taught so well, is really the us that's attached to to our vision and our gift. And the moment God can extract us from the gift and the vision, he can begin to blow the doors off of the dreams that he has given you. And so therefore, we must remain faithful. We must remain faithful. We as the church have got to model this. I don't mean just Faith Christian Center. I mean the body of Christ in the 21st century. Why are we not modeling faithfulness? We need to model faithfulness for each other and for our children. I think about it. If that was a student or even a staff member, wow, my suffering through and my obedience in those painful times when nobody knew how hard it was. And you know, that's you got your own story. When nobody knew how hard it was and the blood and the sweat and the tears and with all that you've got, you're holding on. People are watching in those secret moments. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And if we're going to bear the name of Jesus, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, we ought to be worthy being followed. We ought to be worth being followed. They ought to look to us to model faithfulness. And we have got to model faithfulness. Now listen, as we chart out this message today, there's no condemnation. Let's just start off there because we're going to talk about everything, but there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Guess what? I have failed. I will stand up here and tell you. I failed this week, probably failed yesterday. I don't know. I'll find out later on today, but we fail all the time. That was just a joke. I'm just, we fail all the time, but we've got to change the way that we look on failure. Okay. So we made a mistake. Okay. Guess what? God can still use you. Guess what? You're not done. Because I've got a list of people here in this thing called the Bible who were absolutely terrible. They just couldn't get it together. And God just said, I'm going to use you anyways because it just makes me look good. I'm just going to show the world how merciful I am to use such a messed up person like you. Okay. (laughs) But that's God. He delights in showing mercy. And so wherever we have missed it, If you can hear this message today and not be condemned by where you've missed it, but look to where you can be faithful in the future. Look to where you can be faithful right now. We have all fallen short and we continue to make mistakes, but God's grace is sufficient. 
So the writer here of Proverbs, who is Solomon, says, everyone will tell you how good they are. I just, this, is, this is so applicable to today. This is the culture we're living in. I can do this for you. I can do that for you. I can make this happen. I can do this. You should let me do that because I'm going to make it look good. Okay, that's great. But where's your faithfulness? I'd like to see a track record here. Where's your faithfulness? Oh, well, you didn't stay faithful here and you didn't stay faithful here. I'm going to go with the faithful person. I'm going to go with the one who has stuck through. I remember when I was graduating college uh, over 10 years ago, they told us that the world and the market had changed. My grandfather, my grandparents, my, uh, you know, they grew up in a culture where you got a job, maybe at 18 or earlier, and you stayed through for 30 years or however long it was. And that was the world. You stuck to it. Even though your boss wasn't that good, the thought of walking away wasn't, wasn't acceptable. Why? Because you had a responsibility. You had a wife and you had kids that you had to take care of. And so you sucked it up for them and you worked hard for them because you gave your word. But when I graduated, they said, oh, the market's changed now. Now employers are looking for people with a little bit of experience here, a little bit of experience here, a little bit of experience here, every two to three years, changing it out. And now you see resumes and it's like six pages long. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's the market. That's the market. That's the world. God doesn't expect the same thing of us. He doesn't accept, expect us to have that type of run through in our walk with him and in our interactions with one another. God expects faithfulness. He expects faithfulness when we assign ourselves to something, when we're called to do it. I'd like to just show you a little clip on faithfulness this morning. If you could go ahead and bring that clip up, we'll just watch this. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. I'm sorry I haven't been able to be here to read to you. I didn't know what to do. I was afraid you were never coming back. I'll always come back. What's going to happen when I can't remember anything anymore? What will you do? I'll be here. I'll never leave you. I need to ask you something. What is it, sweetheart? Do you think that our love can create miracles? Yes, I do. That's what brings you back to me each time. Do you think our love could take us away together? I think our love can do anything we want it to.
midnight. I'll be seeing you. La 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 la. Da 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 da. makes that scene so powerful is love, is faithfulness. For those of you who don't know the story, this is the notebook. And, and don't get hung up on the theology here. It's just to draw a picture. What makes it so powerful is how faithful Noah, is the man's name is, how faithful he was. For those of you who have gone through family members with dementia or Alzheimer's. So basically, let me paint the picture here for you. His wife has, has, has started to suffer through Alzheimer's, and so she can't stay at home anymore, and so she needs to be kept in a facility where she can be cared for. And, the, and Noah says, you know what? If she's going, I'm going too. I'm going to be right by her side because I said I'll never leave her. I'll always be here. And what he has discovered is as he reads from the notebook of their love story, she comes back to him, but only for about five minutes each time. Think about how painful that is to every day maybe have five minutes where somebody remembers you and then they forget you. How painful he was willing to go through to the very end to show his love. See, Noah realized something. Faithfulness is birthed out of love. Faithfulness is birthed out of love and love is built on choice. This is what our world needs to know. Faithfulness grows from love. Love is built on choice. What does that mean? Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross, but he chose to be faithful because he loved his father enough who loved you and I enough. And so faithfulness is birthed out of love and love is built on choice. See, most men don't realize what they're committing themselves to the day they get married. They have no idea. The way that God designed us, all we, all we know is we see, we want. I see, I want. Women, it's like faithfulness is in there, you know? But men, we, we have no idea what we're committing ourselves, committing, committing ourselves to on our wedding day. Only when we have to live it out do we begin to see I chose to be faithful. I chose to love. I chose to be long-suffering. I chose. I chose. It's not always easy. You know that. My grandmother, who's here today, is is an excellent picture of faithfulness. 
My grandmother served my grandfather, loved my grandfather for 63 years. She was right there, right by his side, all the time. That's a model for me. My dad has been faithful to my mom for 34 years. 37 years. Well, I wasn't there in the beginning. I missed the... That's a model for me. I remember when I was getting married uh, 10, or, uh, 10 years ago, 11, almost 11 years ago, we had a family friend. Man, they were, we were super close. We called him uncle and auntie, and, and, and all of a sudden, he just decided to leave his wife after 25 years of marriage. I thought, man, what, what in the world is that? I remember freaking out before I got married. I ran downstairs to my dad. I said, dad, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. How, how do I know that I'm going to make it? And he said, you will, because I have been your example and I have modeled love and I have modeled faithfulness and you will. And I was like, okay, I will, I will. And you all know who are married. It's not easy all the time. You don't always feel like giving. You don't always feel like loving. But I'm telling you, Jesus is our model for faithfulness. Jesus is our model for love. And guess what? Blood, sweat, and tears poured out of his body. He was so moved. He was so struggling with letting his own life go. The book of Luke tells us that he sweat drops of blood. I've never been in that much anguish. And yet Jesus did it for me. And that was just the beginning. How could I not be faithful? You see, what we have to realize, and again, I'm going to wave this over everybody right now. There's no condemnation. We're, we're studying through the word together. We have got to realize as a people that we are owners of nothing and stewards of everything. You see, when I'm a steward of something, rather, when I own something, I can do whatever I want with it. But when I'm a steward over something, I have a responsibility to the one who gave me stewardship. And so when God entrusted me with my wife, I have a responsibility first and foremost to the Lord, but also I've got some excellent in-laws that I remember daily. Wow, they raised her. They birthed her. They cared for her for 22 years, and then they handed her off to me, and they're expecting me to care for her to the fullest extent. See, this is what our world needs to see. We get to model faithfulness in every area of our lives. And I'm going to say it again. Faithfulness is birthed out of love. And love is birthed out of choice. And it's proven in the toughest times. We don't get to show how faithful we are when it's easy. Our faithfulness is proven in the tough times. Let's take a look at some scriptures here today. If you could turn over to the book of Matthew. We're going to pick up in Matthew 24, verse 45. So Matthew 24, verse 45. I'm going to to set the stage here a little bit because Jesus teaches three parables. And each one of these parables sort of deals with what we're talking about today. We are owners of nothing. Rather, we are stewards of everything. And that is so important to remember that whatever we have has been entrusted to us. You know, our world... We have so many self-made people. We have so many, you know, the American dream is great, but it ingrains in the mind of people that you can start from the bottom and work your way up. And that's awesome so long as you remember who brought you there. 
You know, God told the children of Israel, be careful. I'm telling you, be careful. Lest when you enter the land, you think that your strength and your wisdom got you there because it's me who brought you there. You know, God is looking for faithful people. And we're going to see today that if we just learn to be faithful of what we're given, it's only going to get better. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus kind of lays out these three parables, okay? And these three parables all have to deal with a heart attitude. See, we can easily lose faith or we can easily walk away from our faithfulness when we have lost our love. And we lose our love because we lose sight of the vision. We lose sight of what's in front of us. That's how faithfulness falls off. It doesn't just happen like that. Faithfulness is broken and lost because we've lost sight of love. And love is lost because we've lost sight of the vision. What does the scripture say? Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He endured the cross because there was joy on the other side of that cross. And I'm telling you right now, if you're faithful in whatever the Lord has entrusted you with, and you might have gotten derailed, but guess what? Get back on the rails and be faithful. Do it. You can do it. You can do it. Matthew chapter 24, verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. You know, one of the things that God is looking for is God is looking for us to be faithful with the relationships that he has given us. This scripture right here, Jesus begins to talk about stewardship and relationships because people dwell in a household. He says that there may be food for them in the household. He's not talking about cleaning the house. He's not talking about keeping up the house. He's talking about the people within the house. And so God gives us stewardship over the relationships that we have. And you know where you learn this? You learn this first in your home to honor your father and mother as you're a child. You learn to be faithful to do what they've told you to do. And then you also learn stewardship and relationships. You learn faithfulness to your siblings. If you have siblings or to your friends, you learn how to grow in those relationships. And some of our young people today, man, your relationships are struggling. Your friendships are breaking off because you're betraying one another and you're cutting each other down with your words. You don't like what they did, so you get on your social scenes and you blast them. That doesn't make any sense. Where's your faithfulness? What about I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you? Well, what, prove it. We got young people that can't even keep their friendships together. They're cutting each other down. Young people committing suicide because somebody said something about them on the social media scene. Walk out your faithfulness. You can be faithful to those people, but they were mean to me. Yeah? Guess what? They spit on Jesus. They beat Jesus. They nailed him to a cross. They mocked him. And guess what? He did it for you. He did it for me. So I can be faithful to the people that I've said, you're my friend. You know, the scripture teaches us in the book of Proverbs that faithful are the wounds of a friend. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to hurt each other. But it's my faithfulness to you. Man, Lorenda, you had a great story on Wednesday. That was crazy, girl. I won't say it here because they can hear it on the tape. But you had this friend that was so good to you, still so faithful to you. After all of that you went through faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so we first learn faithfulness in our friendships. We first learn faithfulness in our relationships at home. We submit to mom and dad. We learn peer relationships with our siblings. This second parable, 
Jesus begins to talk about uh, some of the virgins. Now, this parable is a little confusing for us because this is a culture we don't understand. And we have to understand sometimes, I tell this all the time to young people, that when you, get, when you start reading the scripture, you also have to realize that it was written in context to the culture. Okay, And so there's some cultural things that we don't understand. So the parables that were confusing to those people are even more confusing to us. <laughs> so we've got to do some research. Okay, We've got the 21st century Bible apps that we can use here. And so Jesus begins to tell this crazy story about foolish virgins. I don't even fully understand this story. But the one thing I see is we're going to walk this out here. Verse, uh, chapter 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So obviously this was a practice of their day, you know. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Okay, so verse 2. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now that, to me, is an astounding statement, even not fully understanding the parable. Because what did I say a moment ago? I said that faithfulness, faithfulness is lost when we've lost our love. We lose our love when we lose sight of the vision. And these foolish virgins have lost sight of the vision. And they think they're going to make it with their lamps and no extra oil. Verse 4, but the wise took oil with their vessels and their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Now, this parable is better understood. Let's go back to the first parable because I, I forgot we missed one of the most important parts here. So let's go to verse 46 of chapter 24. So Matthew 24, verse 46. I want to finish this out here. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him being faithful. Assuredly, I say that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking and an hour when he is not aware. And see, this is it. Faith is lost. Faithfulness is lost. Faithfulness to God and faithfulness to our word and faithfulness to our relationships is lost when we lose our love and we lose our love when we lose sight of the vision. See, God will reckon each man. God will bring each man into account. What are the words that you have said? What have you spoken? Did you commit? Did you keep yourself faithful? The, the same writer of Proverbs, Solomon says, better not to vow than to vow and not keep. God will hold us accountable to his word. Why? Because he holds himself accountable to his word. And we are his children. So if we have made a commitment if we're waiting for, we sang earlier, so we wait, so we wait for you. Well, how are we dealing with the brethren while we wait? How are we treating one another while we wait? Do we want Jesus just to show up so we can get up to heaven? How are you loving your siblings? How are you loving your family? How are you loving your friends? How is it that we say that we love God whom we have not seen and hate our brother who we can see? See, faithfulness is proven now while Christ is delayed. 
while he has not come yet, our faithfulness is proven now. And so rise, church. Let's be faithful so the world can see us. Oh, but he hasn't come. You know, I, I, I remember as a young man sitting in youth group, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll get straight with Jesus just before I turn, like, you know, 22 and got to get married and all that stuff. Right now, I'm just going to have fun. And I'll tell you what, that's the lie of the world. That's the lie of the world because that always comes back around to bite you. And yes, God always forgives. And yes, you always get redeemed. And yes, you always get restored. But guess what? There's brokenness along the way. There's issues you got to work out of your life. So young people, don't buy that lie. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. Remember. So we have the faithful servant. We have the wise and the foolish virgins. And then we have the parable of the talents in verse 14 of chapter 25. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Whoo! You know, that'll preach all day. Because we often get jealous of one another. We often envy one another. Oh, well, they got 10. But, but your capacity is for two. So you understand, I can't give you 10. Your capacity is for two. I would really like you to be faithful with the two. And then you'll see what happens. But, but see, we got to understand, it says ability, but we got to understand capacity. So my name is Kurt McWilliams. I grew up Born in Providence, raised in Pawtucket. I currently live in Warwick. Thank you, Jesus. We're loving our house. I am who I am. I can't look out at somebody else and say, oh, man, but I'm not like them. Well, what's my capacity? Let me just fulfill my capacity. Let me just be faithful with what God has given me. And you know what? Let me celebrate. Let me celebrate what God gave you. Because I can rejoice in your gift. I can rejoice in your capacity. Oh, snap. God gave you 10 and you just made 20. Man, you're so good at that. You're so good at that. Could you teach me how to do some of that? You're so good at that. See, man, we're just like kids before God. We got four young kids at home. We hate when they're fighting all the time. What do we say? Play nice together, together, together. God's telling his church the same thing. Play nice together. I didn't make you all the same. You're supposed to be different because you don't have it all together. You need to learn from somebody else. So maximize your capacity. You know, this whole proverb is dealing with business. God expects faithfulness in our business practices. He sure does. Whether you own your own business or not, we all conduct business. And God expects faithfulness within our business practices. He expects faithfulness within our finances. Let's keep reading. Let's go down to verse 20. So he who had received the five talents came and brought. Now there's the day of reckoning. The master's going to come back. So when he had received the five talents, came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents, and look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good, and what? And what? Faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Where did we also hear that word joy a few moments ago in the book of Hebrews for the joy that was set before him? You see, it's not all peaches and cream here on this earth. And even when you get what you've been waiting for, it's not going to be perfect. And so God is going to see, you've got to be faithful with what I've given you. Because guess what, guys? There's an awesome day coming. You know, one translation, I believe it's the book of Luke. He says, you are faithful over 10. I'm going to give you faithfulness. I'm going to give you stewardship over cities. Over cities. I have no idea what the future world looks like. I have no idea what the future universe and what the future heaven would look like. But I know there'll be no evil. There'll be no tears. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no pain. So I think I want to be faithful now. So when I get there, oh, I can maximize my stewardship there. Because you better believe this is practice, okay? And the game is coming. And we're about to cross over. And if we were faithful with the little here, oh, but I can't do this and I've only been given this much. Maximize your capacity. Do whatever you can. Don't squander what you have. Remember the one talent. They just buried it because they thought they knew who God was. No, 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 no. He's given it to you. Use it. Use it. Maximize it. Submit it. God is looking for faithfulness here on this earth while the difficult days are here. And that great and glorious day is coming when our faithfulness will be rewarded. You've got to believe it. It will be rewarded. Don't get cut short. Don't get to the end and say, man, why, why, why didn't I just listen? Why wasn't I just faithful? You might make it in, but man, I don't know what's on the other side. So whatever the Lord's given me here, I want to make sure I do to the best of my ability. And I want to make sure that I go to the grave empty so that I've poured out everything that God has given me. God is looking for faithfulness, and God starts with the small things. Just check out this other scripture with me in Luke chapter 16. As, as, you, as you study out something like this, the, the enemy always starts working. Oh, but I, but I was faithful and this happened. And how can I be faithful now? How, how can I put my trust back in people? I didn't say <laughs> that your trust was supposed to be in people. See, our love for one another comes from our love from God. Comes from our love for God. And so even though you might drive me nuts, even though you might make my life difficult because I love him, I'm going to love you. And isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, by now, you who have murdered the prophets, by now, how do you not know? And yet, Jesus went to the cross. He was willing to suffer. He was willing to suffer. He was faithful. And so we don't need other people. We don't need to be dependent upon other people's love. And we don't need to be dependent upon other people's faithfulness in order to love and be faithful to them. Luke chapter 16 and verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, that means worldly goods. This is an interesting idea because what this scripture is beginning to show us is that God watches our faithfulness in the world's system. So you gotta, you gotta read the whole scripture here. We don't have time for it now. But God watches how we conduct our business practices in the world system. And he says, okay, if you can be faithful with the unrighteous mammon, if you can be faithful with the riches of this world, let's keep reading. He who is faithful in what is least, I'm going to go to verse 10. 
He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or the worldly goods, who will commit to you or trust you with true riches? He's talking about the kingdom now, if you read the parable. And if you have not been faithful in another man's, who will give you your own? Now see, this is where it really starts to tread. Because one of the biggest problems we have as humans since the dawn of sin is submission. We submit to the wrong things and we refuse to submit to the right things. Are you helping your boss? Are you helping your boss fulfill the vision that's in their heart? Are you helping the people that God has put you under fulfill the vision? Because until you do that, guess what? That dream that you have is going to remain a pipe dream. You see, we ought to understand the kingdom principle here. The kingdom principle here is whether it's in the world. Wait, listen. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's in the world or in the church really doesn't matter. God will watch your business practices out there. He will watch your ability to submit to your boss even when they have wronged you. He will watch it. And if you will help them fulfill what their vision is, if you will help them make that come to fruition, or even in the church, let's bring it home now, as you're serving in a ministry, we go right back to Proverbs 20. Everyone will proclaim his own good, but who can, be, who can find a faithful man? Why don't you just be faithful and allow the Lord to bring forth whatever he wants to bring forth from you, but help the other person over you first. Help them fulfill the vision that they have. Because if it's one thing I know, God operates in and through authority. And you can never go wrong when you submit to the authority that the Lord has placed you under. I'm telling you, whether it's in the world or whether it's in the church, if you can submit to that authority, he who is faithful in what is unrighteous can be trusted with true riches. And he who is faithful with what is least will be faithful over much. Now, my first car was a 1990 Toyota Camry, but I didn't get it in 1990. I got it in 2014 and she was a good car. Wendy, Wendy was my pretty car. Oh, That's not the real song, but who is it guys? It's the Beach Boys. Thank you. Okay. You can go home and look it up. Who are the Beach Boys? I'm just kidding. My first car was a white 1990 Toyota Camry. And man, I bought that thing. I paid cash for it. And I was just so excited. You know, it's a 14-year-old vehicle by the time I got it. But I drove it around like it was a Porsche, man. I didn't care. I was like, this is my car. I waited my whole life for my own car. You know, I had friends that had Camaros in high school. And, and my, my nana... My Nana had this Ford Escort. It was probably like, I don't know, from the 80s. And my Nana said, okay, Tim, I'm going to give the boys the car. So Nana gave us the car, and it was an ugly blue. So Kevin and I had a, a, an idea. We're going to spray paint it, right, Kevin? Kevin and I, Kevin, Kevin did it. He spray painted the car black. So we drove that bomber to high school. You know, back front. One day I got it up on the lift so I could change the brakes, and I couldn't get it off the lift. So everything was sto- frozen. Everything was stuck. So... That was my first experience. This is my car that I just bought. So I'm super excited about this car. And I know it's not the best thing in the world, but man, I love it. Do you all remember your first car experience? I love my first car. So I used to, I used to treat that thing like it was, it was the world. You know, I would wash it and I would wax it. I'm waxing my 1990. Now it's not a, it's not a, a classic car. So it doesn't look that great, but I'm still waxing it. 
I'm still waxing it. And you know, as I'm waxing it, you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm quoting Luke 16. He who is faithful in what is least. Lord, I know. I know if I'm faithful with this little Camry that you've given me, you'll give me more. So I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to wax it. I'm going to make it look good. And guess what? Some of you know my story. Every single car from that one on, God has given to me. I haven't worked one ounce for it. The Lord has provided every single car from that one forward. Now, he's used people in his church, but he did it. He used people, but he did it. I remember my parents had this, uh, they still have this plot in the backyard. And man, you know, that, that, it just always got messed up. And so I was like, when the Lord really changed my life, I got out there at 18 and I just thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this backyard for my parents. Now, how many of you have ever seen the claw, the little thing that you, the claw that you dig up, you till the ground with, the claw? You all know what I'm talking about. They have a handheld one. There's this little thing that you can kind of till. The, the smart people use rototillers, Okay. But the people who don't know anything do it by hand. And so I decide I'm going to get back outside till 3 o'clock in the morning for days. I'm out there just, you know, breaking up the ground so I can start fresh, breaking up the ground. And I'm going through the scripture and I'm rehearsing. And you know what? Here I am. I don't know how many years later, 15 years later, I've got a beautiful yard. The ground is lush. I had always, I was faithful from the time I was 11. Now it's not about me. I just, it's not about me. I'm just telling you a story. Don't get hung up on me. I don't care. The Lord has given me a lush yard. From the time I was 11, my dad taught me to use the lawnmower. Probably won't teach my son at 11, but that's okay. My dad taught me at 11. You know, they're like, this boy needs to go out and do something. So I learned to use the lawnmower and I cut their grass for, from the time I was 11 to the time I was 22 or 23. And God has blessed me with my own yard. You see, faithfulness, faithfulness is always rewarded. And you know what? It's not perfect along the way. We all make mistakes. We all, we all mess up. But faithfulness is always rewarded. Faithfulness is birthed out of love. And love is built on choice. And whatever you have committed yourself to in love, you need to stand by that. We need to stand by that. Guys, we should be rehearsing our vows regularly because it takes men a long time to understand. (laughs) My wife said to me yesterday, she pulls out this paper. I've never seen my wife read the paper in her life. She pulls out this paper yesterday, sitting on the couch. Hey, honey! says here women live five years longer than men. <laughs> the night before she told me, you know, you know what a good man does? He'll listen to his wife. I'll keep you alive. So I said, okay, I'll listen to my wife. <laughs> men don't get it. We just don't get it. She said, if not for women, men would be dead a lot sooner. I said, you're probably right. We just, we don't always make the best decisions. What did God say? God said, it's not good that this guy be alone, man. He's a mess. He's a mess. It's not good. I've done everything perfect, but this dude will be a mess. So I'm going to give him a woman because <laughs> that makes sense. I'm going to give him a woman and he's going to learn. So we have to learn. Guys, you know, one of the things I've been married for, for 10 years and one of the things I'm not even trying, I don't know. I just I find myself rehearsing my vows. What did I commit myself to? What did I commit myself to? And you know, that keeps you grounded when it's easy. It keeps you grounded. 
would you say, oh man, I, I don't know what's going on. But I chose. I committed. And therefore, I'll be faithful. Uh, and Lorenda was talking about this on Wednesday. Why, does, why is the world looking for a superhero? Because it seems impossible. Why is that scene so, why is that scene so touching to us? Because it seems impossible. We say, oh, that, that doesn't really happen. It can. It can. We can be faithful. He who is faithful in what is least will be faithful also with much. And we as followers of Christ, we have got to model faithfulness to this church. We have got to model faithfulness to his church. We have got to model faithfulness to our young people. And we have got to model faithfulness to this world. They need to see it. Because guess what? They're always watching. They're always watching. And they're wondering. And they're waiting. Faithfulness is birthed out of love. Love is built on the bedrock of choice. What have you committed yourself to? Go back and be faithful to it. God will bless you. He will bless you with more. Guess what? Peter, Peter was speaking to Jesus and Jesus was telling him a story. And Peter says, well, Jesus, we've left all to follow you. And he said, there's no one who has left house or family or riches for my sake who will not in this lifetime receive a hundred times more and in the age to come, eternal life. There is a reward for faithfulness. Don't lose your vision because if you lose your vision, you'll be like that church that Jesus just talked about who lost their love. And if you lose your love, you lose your faithfulness. Let me pray for us all today. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have been faithful to us. We have been faithless at times. Each and every one of us, we've totally missed the mark. We miss the mark regularly, and yet you are faithful because your faithfulness isn't dependent upon us. Your faithfulness isn't dependent upon how you feel. It's dependent upon your word. You committed yourself to us. And so, Father, we pray today that this word would tug on our hearts a little bit more and that you would find us faithful, faithful stewards over the things that you have given Faithful to you, first and foremost. Faithful to keep our word. And in the areas of our life where we have broken our word, where we have broken our commitment, we repent and we thank you for another opportunity to be faithful. We receive that. God, we're not out for the count because we missed it. We thank you for another opportunity to be faithful. In Jesus' name.